0: listening to Tingle Classic Movies Baseball Edition on 2K Sports with Mike Tingle, but not 2K Sports. I don't know why I threw that in. How are you, Mr. Tingle? Great, man. How's it rolling? Rolling good. Thanks for coming on. Excited to do the show. We've been talking about this for a few weeks now. This is a, a baseball movie show. It's appropriate. We're in full swing. No pun intended of the uh, of baseball season. Our Phillies are kind of letting us down a little bit, but
1: it's only May. So I'm not too worried. Yeah, they're letting us down as usual in May. So by the time, you know, July and Eagle season rolls around, you're ready for it, <laughs> ready for it. Phillies tomorrow
0: because um, I'm on the West Coast. So they're at the, the Mets are in Philadelphia. So the game starts at 930 a.m., which I love those kind of morning games out here because you kind of wake up you're getting coffee and like the Phillies are on. It's like a cool it's,
1: way. That's cool.
0: It's a Sunday, you know, I like football yeah. even better with that. You know, when it's a one 30 game, it's at 10 30 here. So you wake up on a Sunday and like with breakfast, you have the Eagles playing like, it's great.
1: Have you ever been to Hawaii?
0: Yes. I got married in Hawaii. Oh,
1: that's right. We talked about that. Sorry. Um, the football in Hawaii is excellent because it's, the pregame starts at like four or five in the morning. Yeah, and if you and if you're used to this sleeping in in the on the co- on the uh, continental US, when you wake up when you when you're out there, it takes you a while to not wake up at like three or four a.m. I, yeah. I don't know if it did for you, but it did for everyone in our house. Is waking up at like four or five in the morning. Yeah, um, so you wake up and football's on.
0: Yeah, it 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 was when we were there last time we were there was uh in october a few years back and it lapsed on a sunday so we like went out to eat like we have a bar or two and because of the time difference there were like games streaming all day because even the like you know seven o'clock games or whatever were still like early in the afternoon so the bars had all the games on so it was like just games all day it was great to like watch you know no matter where like what time it was there was like something on and it was uh it was baseball season too. it was like playoffs so it, it was uh like those games were on too so it was like great it That's was like cool. an eclipse yeah i like the eclipses like when the sixers played last week there was also a flyers game on and a phillies game like all at the same time it was like yeah right perfect storm you know
1: there's a few things to channel serve through.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a cool show. So we're going to kick off our list of greatest baseball movies ranked. Uh, top 10 in our opinions. And uh, you want to listen to Mike's list probably more. He knows more about the craft than I do. But uh, it should be fun. But I want to bring up the best baseball logos of all time. Okay. And there's three in my mind that stick out. I just think they're cool. Um, and first is the Milwaukee Brewers, the original MB with the glove. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah.
1: No, it's that, just that's cool.
0: Classic. It's a classic. Second one, people are going to get a little a little peeved at if you're if you're sensitive. But the Chief Wahoo <laughs> Cleveland Indians is still like one of the coolest logos. I don't care. Uh, I'm not down yeah. the connotations or anything, but like I, I just think it's such a cool logo. It was a major league.
1: And and somebody tells me it will be discussed again later on in this show. There you go. And then the third one is the Baltimore Orioles, the like cartoon bird,
0: the swinging bat, the swinging bat. Yeah, that thing was uh, awesome. Yeah, I don't know if it's because, like, as a kid, I like it, liked it, but I don't know. What do you think? Like, what are some of your cool logos? I just thought those three have always been like just fun, no matter what.
1: Yeah. I think as a as a as a former hitter, it was kind of cool to see that little bird carrying a bat that was like four times his size. You know, yeah, he had a big around. smile on his face. That was a cool. That was a cool little bird.
0: Yeah, it's cool, and it's cool to see like grown men wearing cartoons.
1: You know, as a kid, yeah. you're like, this is sure. awesome.
0: This is what I want to do.
1: I um, I was a big. fan. I'm a big fan of the old fashioned lettering. Um. I'll just throw that out there in general. Like when you wa- watch old clips of like the Yankees and the Giants and the Dodgers, the Dodgers had the B cap uh, yeah. when they were in Brooklyn. Um, yeah. And that both the, the Mets, or not the Mets, nothing Mets. Um, oh, Mets are hideous. <laughs> um, but the Yankees and Giants both had that NY, and it looked really cool. And yeah, I, I do like this. the
0: lettering, like San Diego and St. Louis, where like the two yeah, yeah. overlap. Th- that always looked cool.
1: now I also this was not used on a, a jersey, and I guess most people outside of Philadelphia wouldn't know it. But remember the Centennial emblem with um, with Independence Hall, and it had Phillies in the old 70s, 80s um, font. With, uh, I think Ben Franklin was shaking somebody's hand.
0: Is this the one that was on the tickets in the 80s? Yes. Yes. Uh, I was just thinking about this the other day. Like, I Googled it. I always thought that was the coolest. Like, I I think I was looking for a shirt with that on there. Um, That was a cool logo. It was on, I remember it was on all the tickets as a kid. Like, you get, I'd keep the tickets and that was on there.
1: Yeah, man. And, I uh, don't see baseball is one of those traditional sports too. When, when I think that's why everyone that around it kind of worries about change Yeah. because you're oftentimes changing something that at least for the bulk of its duration was pretty awesome. You know, like, like everyone's going to associate those earlier Mariner uniforms with like Griffey and, and, and Randy Johnson and, and those great teams, right? And um, so when they started kind of going away from from the old Mariners uniforms, know, they're, yeah. they're still relatively the same. Um, but since they changed a little bit, you're like, eh. And I remember, too, back in the Bagwell day, the, the Astros were one of the ones that really kind of started using, like, a third jersey or, like, an all-black jersey, remember? Yeah, yeah. And now everyone seems to... Maybe it's not black, but um, they'll have some kind of alternate jersey. And yeah, I just kind of like the older Astros jerseys better.
0: Yeah, the, like the the neon fluorescent kind of ones that they right. had. Yeah, I always thought those were cool. And because nostalgia is like such a big thing now, um, like we were just talking about before the show, the Phillies... Uniform in the '80s, like the the maroon and stuff. I always thought as a kid, like, ah, oh, it's not like cool. And when they changed it in '92 or '93, whenever it was like uh, such a you know such a fresh start, and it looked better the new ones. But now looking back, like the powder blue with the maroon hat is, I think, is like the coolest Phillies uniform of all time. You know what I mean? Like it reminds yeah. me of Mike Schmidt or something. And. Right. Uh, with, the, with like, the, the Astros and, and ones like that, um, you know, like, they try to do, like, the early 2000s, they changed a lot of uniforms, like, the um, Milwaukee Brewers tried to do it up, and now, looking at them, they look like late 90s, early 2000s kind of uniforms, you know, like, they tried to be sleek, and they just, it just didn't look good, like, I don't know, I feel like with all the history, you can't go wrong with what, what's worked for, like, 70 years. Right. and the Cleveland Indians is a big example of that. And I I know why like they changed it, but like, I don't know. I personally, I think that was a huge overreaction just to cater to a few loud people on Twitter, but like to have a history of this team for like, I don't know, a hundred years
1: and then change everything completely. It's,
0: it's going to take a minute for that to catch up. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. I I mean, I don't want to be the one that's like, you know, I don't get it. (laughs) But uh, to an extent, I mean, I don't understand why we kind of pick and choose these things. Like, I understand why Indians wouldn't be bad or would be bad. And I understand why Redskins would be bad, right? But I I understand why Chiefs is okay. Especially when you watch Chiefs games and they're doing all sorts of like stereotypical, like Native American, you know, whatever. And they got to do it and like They they got a dude there that rides around on a horse and like wears like the the headdresses and shit. Nobody seems to care because they're the chiefs. I I mean I just don't get it. Like why is or the Braves. Yeah, the Braves.
0: Or or the fighting Irish, you know, like like it's a slippery slope. Like when is somebody gonna come out and go like, oh, that's that's offensive towards the Irish, what we're always drinking and fighting, you know? Like it's just not gonna end.
1: Right and before you say yes, um, <laughs> maybe it's a point that it doesn't. You know, that's kind of like a badge of uh, of honor if you're if you're an Irish fan and you're also Irish. You know, I like the term "fighting Irish." It sounds strong, and maybe Me too. that's why. Maybe that's why "braves" works. Yeah. But, um. And again, you know, nobody down south seems to be all that annoyed by calling their team the Braves. Right.
2: Yeah. So maybe not, it's
1: a, I don't not know.
0: strung up about it. I think the sports teams as well. I mean, we can talk about this all day, but at the end of the, the day, it's just a game. And I don't think the MLB, I mean, sure, they have to have a standard of like, being responsible but at the end of the day it's just a sports team it's not like a senator of a state is wearing like a chief wahoo (laughs) shirt or something it's like it's not i don't think they're the be-all end-all of what what the bar is for like setting the moral tone for the rest of the country it's just i don't know it's stupid to me
1: yeah i mean we know from dan snyder's past and what has gone on with the washington football team in the last couple of years with all their investigations on
2: yeah the least
1: of their right. problem was was their name <laughs> so yeah so, that was it so changing their name and small potatoes
0: It's small potatoes and also i think i think because we're so used to the names out there any new name change will sound dumb even though if you look at modern teams or current names they would sound dumb if they were new like when i hear the cleveland guardians i'm like oh it's so dumb but then if there was never any such thing as the philadelphia phillies and they were like hey we're gonna call our team the phillies you're like the phillies like (laughs) what the hell is that like that's the dumbest name ever but because it's been around for 100 years we're used to it we're like no it's awesome so it's like like what's the um the washington football team the commanders
1: yeah the commanders now
0: like that sounds pretty dumb but then if you look at like oh yeah the colorado rockies it's like the rockies like how about the mountain lions or something you know what i mean it's just
1: right it's like we're used to them so it's okay you named yourself after a few hills cool
0: cool right or the dodgers like okay you can dodge the ball it's not dodgeball like what kind of name is that but because it's from brooklyn
1: some of these teams get it right right away though you know Mm -hmm. um like the mariners who was like yeah i i the mariners crossed my mind um the seattle kraken man that's a great name kraken all these years nobody's ever thought of that name it's crazy oh. yeah
0: some of them get it right off the bat the mets is kind of like the phillies the metropolitans yeah it's kind of like an abbreviation of a city kind of term but nobody likes the mets right
1: No, unfortunately I did know a few Mets fans and I still do. I just don't see them, which is, which right now is great because yeah, like Mets heaven right now, which is terrible.
0: I know my
1: stepdad's a big
0: Mets fan. He's, he's from North Jersey. So he's allowed to be, he was like a jet giants, New York giants and New York Mets fan. So, uh, it's, it was funny growing up, you know, with him, uh, there were good years and bad years for each. There was like the Mets had the subway series with the Yankees. So that was like a good year. And so it's always fun to like, it was like a friendly kind of rivalry, you know what I mean? Right. But, um, but I don't get, what I can't get behind is being a Yankees fan. If you're not from New York, because it's like, it's like being a Patriots fan. If you're not from Boston, it's like, ah, oh, it's right. so original. You're a Yankees fan. Why? Cause they win so much. Like, I have good friends that are Yankees fans that are from New York, and like, I get it. That's where he grew up. But when I meet someone hey. like in LA well, that well, moved here. here, yeah, that moved here from like, I don't know, Florida, and they're like, yeah, I'm a big Yankees fan. I'm like, oh, it's so original. That's great. Good for you.
1: Yeah, right. I, I never got that either, but I will say one of my favorite players growing up was Mickey Mantle. Um, of course. So I, I don't. know I, I get the old Yankee look. Yeah. But once, once you know it got modernized, there's no reason to like them now. They're just they're just no. like the evil machine. You know, you can't you can't appreciate them.
0: I do appreciate that they don't change their uniform. I mean, that's why they don't have like an alternate uniform or anything. It's it's been that same blue pinstripe since the. 1900s i mean right they're consistent and i give them that um they realize
1: you know. the iconicity of it and uh they uh they stick with it exactly um, you gotta give them credit for it i do yeah
0: i think they do a good job um all right so let's get into uh our our opinions the greatest baseball movies ranked and then we'll do some honorable mentions so for let's number two t- for number 10 sir what is your what is your tenth favorite
1: baseball movie of all time? You know, I struggled with ten. Um, mm-hmm, me too, right? Like I, because there's so many. It's I don't know. Um, I think my top nine were pretty much in place, but I went a little off the cusp for ten. Um, because maybe it's nostalgic to me, but I I went with the old musical Dan yankees oh good call i didn't even that didn't even right? cross my mind if you uh if you've never seen um it's very entertaining you know music by uh you know cabarets bob fawson and you know his wife gwen Verdon gwen plays yeah. the main role and uh, um great character actor Will, ray Walston plays the devil um he of course from you know my favorite Martian of uh, course thing and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Um, and uh, the songs are cool. Um, it's about a guy obsessed with baseball who, you know, sells his soul to go get his team a couple W's over the Yankees. It's uh, the concept's fun and that's yeah. a cute little movie, you know.
0: I like Ray Walston too a lot. He's a, he was a great actor. Yeah. He was in The Stand, 1994. He played uh, Glenn Bateman. Oh, uh, yeah, He was. Yeah, I know that's kind of a weird reference, but he's, he's good. He was in a lot of that stuff. My favorite, Martian, and he's, he's a great actor. My um, number 10, him. I have, I struggle with this one because I kind of make fun of this movie a lot, but I put rookie <laughs> of the year only because I saw this as a kid, like in the drive-in a few times with my parents. And as a kid, I, I really like this movie and if it's on I'll watch it and it certainly has its uh has its moments but um yeah it's just it's just fun for me it's so. it's
1: fun it's fun it's better than uh that was at a time where um you know how they re- kind of released similar movies at similar times there were a bunch of baseball movies that came out in the, the early 90s um some of them were okay and some of them weren't and uh yeah by compare i think little big league came out the same year remember that was right. the the kid manages the twins yep and um angels in the outfield it was
0: like a whole yeah. slew of
1: them angels in the outfield which um not to give away the rest of my list but the original angels of the outfield was almost up for that 10th spot um what was the original The original had um Philadelphia actor Paul Douglas in it. Oh, 1951. uh, 1951 with uh Jamie Lee Curtis's mom Janet Lee.
0: Oh, wow, that's a deep cut right there, right?
1: Yeah, um, and man, it's a great little film. Like the uh, same principle, the guy, um, is a, a loud mouth, foul mouth, uh, losing manager, and uh some angels take pity on him and kind of do some things from the heavens and help him win some games. So long as he stays on the track and uh, it, it was, it was good and it was a lot better than it's, you know, all due respect to Danny Glover, who I love. Yeah. Right. Me um, too. But still. Yeah. It was, it was a dud.
0: Mm-hmm. But the, of the
1: year was fun at least, you know, it was, he had, he had the rocket arm and then he's got a, all that's with the rocking arm. And now all of a sudden he's throwing underhand, getting him <laughs> the triple crown winner out, you know?
0: Right, right. And what I liked about Rookie of the Year, aside from the fact that like, oh, this like 10-year-old can play in the big leagues, was they showed how good the players are in real life in the, in the league. Like there's that one scene where he like throws like an inside curve and the guy hits it. And he's like, oh no, like this would have been a home run. And all of a sudden, the guy catches it, and it's like a double play in two seconds. They throw it back. Like, no problem, kid. He's like, oh, wow. like You guys are really good. You know? And I like Gary Busey in it. I can't stand Gary Busey in real life as a person. Right. Because um, I met him one time, and he was, like, such a dick. But I do like him in this, in that movie, because he, he plays it perfectly as the rocket, like, the aging pitcher. He's almost like a Jamie Moyer kind of guy. And I kind of like that that they showed, like, kind of a struggling this, guy.
1: Isn't he the uh
0: the Hot Ice guy? Is that that that, that movie? The, where, the Hot uh, Ice guy is uh Well, there's also uh
1: Empty Busfield is
0: Yeah. Uh, it's been yeah. a while since I've seen it. But yeah, you're right. It is. cuz also the guy from Home Alone's in there, Daniel Stern. Right. And he's like the bumbling assistant manager or something.
1: I think Daniel Stern is the, dr- the hot ice guy. Yeah, that's who it was. All right. Yeah.
0: But they they filmed at Wrigley, or they at least did a- establishing shots at Wrigley, and they use like, the real teams, you know? I always like when they use real teams. Like, that's one of the right. things I felt like any given Sunday was hurt by, was it's, like, the Miami Sharks, and, like, it's, like, fictitious teams. It's like, come on, man. Like, show the Dolphins. Like, Dennis Quaid is supposed to be dan marino's kind of character like just do the dolphins like i know it's like a licensing issue they can't do it but i feel like it always hurts movies when they use like fake teams it's like where they we want to just, see like the real teams
1: right they could have just ponied up and given my childhood hero dan marino the role <laughs> right yeah he was an ace ventura
0: yeah he can act he's doing commercials right? like left and right he's a yeah, fantastic actor
1: <laughs> he, had, he had all those glove commercials back in the day. I would have I would have done it.
0: Okay, so uh what is your number nine baseball movie ranked, Sar?
1: Number nine. Um some people like this, some people didn't. I love it. I still watch it. Um that's Mr. Baseball. Yes, yeah. Um I don't know, it kind of gets a bad rap. Um mm-hmm. but uh the dragons fun enough. Um it's 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 fun enough. It's got Tom Selleck who you know look like a grizzled old baseball player. Um uh, Dennis Hayesbert's in it. Um, you can't go wrong with him. And uh for one, there's a lot of baseball. And, yeah. Uh, I think a lot of issue I have with some baseball movies is that the sport is not in the forefront. Yeah, and this is one movie where it definitely feels like most of the film you are on a baseball field.
0: hundred percent. And perfectly said about Tom Selleck. He looks the role of an aging baseball player with the mustache and like the gimmicks and like the lingo he's using. And I believe it and it is fun and it did get like bad reviews and all that, but it's like a cool setting. You know, he's like, he gets sent over to Japan to play for what is it? The Dragons right. baseball team and like he learns a thing or two and I don't know. I, it's a fun movie. Um, I liked it when it came out too. I was like a kid, but it was right. uh, it was fun. You know, it's a fun it's a fun ride. And Gary another- Goldsmith did the music so it's like there's like some good players involved in Mr. Baseball.
1: Right. It's definitely early nineties inspired. Um, But, you know, you'd have it no other way. And, um, a a, a general theme that tends to come up in some of these films is the presence and, you know, rookie of the year had this, the presence of, you know, the actual great players. Right. And there at the front, he loses his job to, you know, a relatively unknown at the time, Frank Thomas, who was just coming into his own. And uh, his man, you know, he, he, you know, you watch him smack the ball around in batting practice, and he has that great line he says to his manager as he's getting released Are you guys really going to be impressed by a 500 foot home run?
0: Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, he he tears it up. And um, yeah, Frank Thomas was. Yeah, you're right. He was like coming into his own at that point. Um, he played first baseman Ricky Davis. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Baseball. Yeah, I had that. I, had, I was struggling with that or like rookie of the year. Uh, I had Mr. Baseball ultimately at 11, but uh, I'll still always watch that. It is streaming somewhere, too. I think it's on like Roku, which is fun. So it's a good movie.
1: Yeah, it ran for a while on like Showtime or whatever those cable. Whatever cable station was running it Um, yeah. a few months ago, I caught it. Um, Towards the end of last baseball season, I guess. Um, Always good to revisit. Yeah, it's always a fun ride.
0: Uh, That's a good entry. I like Mr. Baseball.
1: And, you Um, know, one thing that it doesn't shy away from uh, is the fact that a lot of baseball players are kind of jerky. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, obviously you root for Tom Selleck in the film. He, he does grow a little bit, but prior to the growth, he's he's a lot of bit of a jerk.
0: He is, yeah, for sure. And that helps with his like character development, you know. Right. I believe him though. I believe Tom Selleck in Mr. Baseball. Like he played the part well, you know. Yeah, man. Uh, number nine for me, I have the natural. Uh, it's kind of an obligatory baseball movie. Watch, yeah. Robert Redford, um, directed by Barry Levinson. It's got a good cast. It's got Robert Duvall, Glenn Close, Kim Basinger, uh, or Basinger, uh, Robert Prosky, who I think is one was one of the best character actors ever. Um, Richard Farnsworth. It's just yeah, it's a good movie. It's um, run a little, a little on the longer side director's cut is over two hours but it's it's i don't know what do you think what's your thoughts on mr baseball or uh mr baseball the natural
1: um it's going to be on my list oh really yeah so i I like it a little better than you did um yeah you know it's great it's got that mythical thing there's a lot that you um there's a lot that you kind of have to disbelief, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. Mainly that at one part of the film, Robert Redford, who's well into his forties is playing a man who's 17 years old. Um, (laughs) It's like the reverse
0: Leonardo DiCaprio thing. Leonardo DiCaprio can play like 17 year old. Like in catch me if you can, he's playing like a 15 year old and like 40 year old and it works. But Robert Redford in 1984, you'd have to suspend the disbelief a little bit.
1: One mouse drowned, but the other mouse turned so hard. He turned that milk into butter.
0: <laughs> Gentlemen, Sorry. as of today, I am that second mouse. Yeah. <laughs> Dad, it's a chilled salad fork. Where are you going? Where, where are you going? Where, where are you going? I think when I first met you, that was one of the first movies we quoted at like a party at Liam's or something. Yeah. I remember you and I talking about that quote that might've been, that might've solidified our friendship. Cause I remember you doing that quote, like in 2003 or 2004, right. when it came
1: out. I, um, I'll never stop loving Chris Walken. Oh, same here. Yeah. 100%. And that's that film. And now I look back at that film. I, you know, I, I think I, I did remember the time Jennifer Gardner was in it because she was so big with alias. Right. But like, you know, over the years I've, you know, my favorite actress of oh, late has yeah. been Amy Adams. And you don't even realize she's a, she's so young in the film. You don't even realize she's in it. Now you go back and obviously you, you do. Um, yeah. But what a great yeah. cast that had. You know, Martin Sheen and... Tom uh, Hanks. Tom Hanks. He reads comic books. Barry Allen.
0: Wait, kid, kid, come here. It's Darion, The Flesh. What? The Flesh. Uh, that movie's great. Cinematography. I mean,
1: yeah, the music uh,
0: Spielberg nailed it like the The scene at the airport when uh, Frank Abagnale, DiCaprio's in the pilot outfit and all the flight attendants are around them and they're playing uh, Frank Sinatra. Um, right. It's like it's iconic. That's like an iconic, uh, you know, movie scene in my book.
1: It's great. And uh, and, and the great Christopher Walken is always not going to catch him. He's too smart for you. He's too
0: smart. He's too smart for you. Think you want to turn on my own son? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, catch me if you can is a classic. Um okay, so number eight, sir. What's your number eight uh greatest baseball film ranked?
1: Number eight. Um I couldn't leave this off. I, I tried to because there's parts of it that bug me. Um but I, I couldn't leave off. A league of their own. Yes, so I, slid, I slid that into eight, and uh, I guess we do. Um, usually, my, my father, my brother, and my cousin and I will do a yearly trip up to Cooperstown. Um, nice, that's a cool yeah. Tradition. So the fact that the movie's partly shot there uh, with Double Day Field playing a big role. Um, I, it gets me kind of annoyed That they didn't actually use the Hall of Fame When you go into the Hall of Fame It was nothing like the, what it is in the movie But that's the movies Oh um, really?
0: I See I've never been there I didn't, I didn't realize
1: that But it did right. look yeah. like a
0: set When you're, you're watching it Like,
1: Yeah It was very close together It's definitely a set The real Hall of Fame I guess is tighter I guess it would have been Kind of hard to do Really? But if you ever get the chance? If you're ever back here, um, it's only about three or four hours from the Doyle's Town area.
2: Oh, that's um, not bad.
1: The museum's cheap. The town's cool. The town is like completely devoted to baseball. Um, oh, hell yeah. And uh, it is, I know you're a big Daniel Day Lewis fan as I am. Um, of course. It is actually named after a former resident. Um, What's his first name? James Fenimore Cooper, the guy who wrote Last in the Mohicans. Um, oh, nice.
2: Oh, that's cool.
1: So it's a great little like weekend trip. Um, the hotels up there are relatively cheap. They're hard to get if you go in during indu- induction week. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but the involvement in Cooperstown in the film, plus it's set during World War II, which I have a cinematic love for World War II, anything. Um, and plus, I quoted a lot. So I couldn't leave yes. it off because just for the John Lovitz and Tom Hanks quotes, it had to make my list.
0: Oh uh, Yeah, Lovitz is perfect. And when they, I, I'll just crowbar in my League of Their Own. I have it as number three. So I'll, I'll just say the, the John Lovitz character is like perfect. And I read when they originally filmed it, he had like a much bigger part. But during, like, test audiences, they, they just cut it down to, like, his best lines and, like, everyone who was, like, dying. So they kept it in there. So that's why, like, John Lovitz, every time he speaks in a league of their own, it's, like, he's hilarious. It's, like, his, yeah. his best lines. Um, it is super quotable. And, yeah, I do like the World War II stuff. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's kind of ridiculous in there. but And, and some of it doesn't age well. It's a little no. cheesy. Like Madonna's character, I mean, she's good in there, but a lot of it's, like, overly sexual, and you're like, it, she doesn't really need to be that way. Ten cents or some slaps can slobber all over me. <laughs> I'm not doing that again. I'm not I'm not doing that again. <laughs> um, Rosie O'Donnell's good in there. It's... Uh, I don't know. They did a good job, I feel like, because Penny Marshall did it, of showing, like, sexism in the time, you know, and, like, team... The league wasn't doing well and they're like, she'll also bake you a cake because she is a great <laughs> housewife. Yeah. Like they kind of they did a good job of showing like sexism in the 40s, I think.
1: But and uh, there's Marla Hooch. What a hitter. What a league.
0: She's, <laughs> she's 50 feet away. <laughs> but yeah, it is a fun
1: movie, though. I, uh, I always quote uh, what the, um, Evelyn. What team do you play for? Well, I'm a peach, sir. Well, I was just checking because I was wondering why you throw the ball home when we've got a two-run lead. You let the ball go, and we lost the lead because of you. Are you crying? You start thinking with your head, that's that lump three feet above your ass. (laughs) It's it's classic. Roger, are you crying? Roger Hornsby was my manager, and he called me a walking pile of pig shit. The day my parents came up to see me play the game did I cry? No. Why? <laughs> Cuz
0: there's no crying in baseball. <laughs> I like when he's talking to the Mr. Harvey and it's just like, "No, sir, I've learned the error of my ways." Like, "Oh, you quit drinking?" It's like, "No, I just can't afford it anymore." And He starts laughing. <laughs> that is a good movie.
3: He uh, yeah. I also read
0: too, Tom Hanks had an issue with age of his character and he said to Penny Marshall like I think I'm too young to be like this old washed up guy and Penny Marshall explained he's not old he's just like washed up from the drinking he's still like a young guy and that's when Tom Hanks like, agreed to do it and I felt like that, that worked out better um, with the tension because it's if he was played by like Robert Redford or someone in like their 50s at the time eh, it would have been okay but right. the fact that he still wanted to play but just didn't because he screwed up with drinking kind of made it all the sweeter at the end when he like wants to coach the team more and he, he comes into his own. I
1: felt like that was a little bit of a better angle to use. And you know, it is, um, it was not uncommon back in the day. Um, really? You, yeah. I mean, you could probably, I wouldn't even say you would argue it. I not I think, there's probably a bunch of evidence that would point that that's what kind of shortened Mickey Mantle's greatness.
0: Oh, that drink.
1: He was such a, a a boozer back in the day that, towards the, uh, let's say, I, I think he only played till he was like 36 ish or so. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, by the time he was 29, 30, I mean, he was getting injured here and there, um, a lot of nagging injuries and, He rarely ever played more than, you know, he rarely ever played a full season um, until he just, you know, retired. Um, Oh, wow. That's sad. Mostly just him and Billy Martin, (laughs) you know, funneling around, you know, boozing and fucking their way to, to uh, through the majors, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, look at Babe Ruth, the amount of boozing and drinking and eating that he did. Right. You know, did the did the babe make any of our lists here? I don't have the babe online. mine.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> um, where where are we? We're your eight, I
0: think, right? Yeah. OK, so my number eight is Major League. Um, I kind of wrestled with this and my next one. Um, I'll get to my next one when it's time, but I, the next one's a better film, I think. But Major League's a, a staple. And it's a classic and it's uh, it's Charlie Sheen and uh, you know, Wild Thing and (laughs) I feel like every watch of this movie is a fun one. You know, I'm never not in the mood to watch Major League if it's on. I'm not like, ah, well, yeah, I've seen it. I'm always like, yeah, Major League, you can't go wrong. So uh, Major League is my uh, my number eight.
1: Wow, okay. Oh, yeah. I I think Major League too. Um, I don't think Major League Two. No, that's not going to be on this list. No, but <laughs> no, no way. Well, it did have uh David Keith in it, you know, from an officer and a gentleman. Yeah, he's but, great. Yeah, I love his voice. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, Major, Major League Two was. <laughs> to be fair, as far as sports sequels go, Major League Two was fine. Major League Three back to the minors was not. Um, <laughs> I don't even think I've watched that. Yeah, is it I, bad? I think I watched that. Was the one with Scott Bakula, I believe, right? I think so. All due respect to Sam Beckett, I love Scott Bakula, but um, not a good film. No, no way. Um, can't do it. Sound. Yeah, Major League, you know, it's it's classic, it's it's got the uh, you know. The old Indians. My major league. This uh, <laughs> this sucks. But one of my dream scripts, if you will, um, was to take the story of the 93 Phillies and make it into a film. I think it would have been excellent. I still oh, yeah. do. I wish somebody would do it for the 30th anniversary. Can You believe it's 30 years next year?
0: Oh, I can't. I feel so old. <laughs> but, I remember watching that live. Like I was allowed to like stay up late, and or whenever it was on, it was like, right? Uh,
1: it, yeah, like school was like secondary.
0: Even the, my the parents problem. were just like, "This is important."
1: Right. the The problem with it is, I can't. I can't figure out a way to write it or. I can't see it in production without it being just basically Major League, which is what, which is oddly enough what that team was.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the characters, Dalton, Dykstra. Right. Like you You can do a lot. I, I feel like we could talk about that. There's I think there's things you can do in regards to like coaching and like the city and like showing a little bit of history that you could make it Kind of like Major League, but not as much.
1: Right. Well, in my, in my perspective was going to be more on... And that's the thing, too. The primary character here was going to be Darren Dalton. The primary character in Major League is essentially um, Jake Taylor. Right. Tom Becker's character. So you still have the catcher perspective. Um, and my movie would have would have wrapped up with a nod to him winning the World Series with the Marlins. Because remember, he when he got traded to the Marlins, it was a big deal, and everyone was all rooting yeah. for him here. And rightfully so, he was my favorite player off those early '90 Phillies teams. Um, Me too. Always has been. It's great. Great entry, um, Major yeah. League. Can't argue with that one. I used to go to um
0: my dad used to live in Florida, like after my parents divorced the first job. So it was in Clearwater. So I used to go down there and we used to watch the spring training games. And it was like the 93 Phillies that I went there to see them. And uh, it was like watching a regular season game. I mean, I remember the one game, the first pitch of the game, Dykstra just hit a home run. I mean, those guys were like there to play. It wasn't like they were half-assing it or not. It wasn't like spring training where they're like, yeah, hey, we're getting used it was like they were really tight that on and i just remember the 93 phillies that was something special man i mean up until the 2008 phillies they were like the best phillies team of all time barring the early 80s i mean it was just everything came together for them that year john cruck you know kurt schilling it was just like they were a powerhouse it was awesome right
1: here's one that's not going to make the list but um Man, I'll tell you, I I I watched. Uh, remember, whatever it takes, dude. They, you know how they always do the year in perspective, uh, or the retrospective, I should say. You know, usually it's filmed in the off season, and they'll have one every year. And that that one was whatever it takes, dude. And it was narrated by Harry Callis and Lenny Dystrom Oh yeah, 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 for sure. And, for a while, I don't know if you want to check this out, but for a while, you could still see it on YouTube. Um, oh, yeah, I'll watch it. But uh, I love man, Harry Callis, the, man. Back in the mid 90s, I, I used to watch that shit all the time.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, that and uh, like the NFL films that Harry Callis did. Yeah. I like I don't care what anybody says. He was like the Sinatra of sports broadcasting. That voice was perfect.
1: Here is here's, like, here's unpo- you want an unpopular opinion. Yeah, for sure. Harry Callis greater than symbol. Vince Scully.
0: Oh, yeah, 100 yeah. percent No doubt. Never saw the uh, never saw the amount of adulation for Vince Scully. I get it. He's good. He's iconic, but like, no, not, not compared to Harry Callis. Unless you like grew up with Harry Callis, you wouldn't understand. Right. And I'm a little biased because of that reason. But like Harry Callas, I mean, he 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 I mean, that voice, it was unmistakable. You put on a ball game on the radio or in the car. I remember like as a kid driving home with my dad from the game because it was like 10 o'clock and I was a little kid. So like I wanted to leave. He had the game on in the car and you just hear that voice. And it was like, you know, sing you to sleep. It was perfect.
1: Yeah, perfect. Yeah, Harry. I agree with you, man. Definitely better than Vince Scully. All, all due respect to Vince Scully, but he gets of so much pickle, like so right? much. I just don't get like when I, I and I watch some of his Dodger games and stuff. Even he's boring. Even, he's God. a boring broadcaster. <laughs> boring too. I'm sorry. Okay. Good. I I think he's boring. Yeah. And when I first I, I
2: think sorry, there's something
1: weird and egotistical about the fact that he always did games alone.
0: Yeah, it's super egotistical. And when I first moved to L.A., I I'd, I'd never really even heard of him. Like, I've heard the name, but I never really like watched Dodgers games, So I never would heard, you know, listen to him. And then mm. like hearing the games out here and watching them, I'm ju- I was just saying to people like my wife who, who agrees with us, actually. I'm like, I don't I don't get it. I don't get why this guy is so revered here. He's like he's average at best. He's just been right. doing it for so long that they're like, oh, Vince Sully. He got in with the right person at the right time in like the 60s or whatever. And has been doing it since, probably because he has an ego. He sucks. He sucks. Vin Scully sucks at <laughs> broadcasting. This show is better than any fucking Dodgers game. Am I right? I'm right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but he is. Hey, he is overrated. I'm the only. You're right, my
1: book, man. To the listeners, I, I, I would listen. I would force myself to listen to something. You know, you know when like somebody's showing you like a band or something and they like they really like this band and they're just waiting for you to love the band too. And right. you just like, oh. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, Cooney and I used to do it all the time. I'd be like, hey, how about this song? He's like,
2: yeah, yeah. So like
0: why you like that? I'm like, it sucks, doesn't it? He's like, it sucks. It really sucks. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm only kidding about like ripping on Vince Skull. He's obviously like a legend, but right. I uh I, I don't I really don't like see the the appeal, and I feel like what you said is right. Broadcasting the games alone, like what kind
1: of ego does this guy have? Right? Who is he? he would just know? go off on these tangents. He was Bill the said. Butcher. Yeah, and so, sometimes, he, sometimes he would go off on these tangents, like about players that you like disliked, and it would just kind of take away from the. For me, it would take away from the game. Like you know, stop, stop airing your, your business on. You know, Craig Biggio or Ryan Howard and just announced the game, dude.
0: Right, right. He, um, okay, here, I just looked him up. He's 94. Boy, he know. retired after 67 seasons beginning in 1950 and till 2016. So I get there's a lot to be said about that kind of longevity. That's nothing to scoff at. That's a remarkable right. career. But the fact that he held that for so long, I mean, he was 90, he was in late 80s still calling the games. Like, come on. You know what I mean? I've heard him when he was calling them. Yeah. i watched Dodgers games out here because they're always on somewhere. It wasn't anything special.
1: They weren't Harry Callis broadcasts. We'll just say that.
0: No way. Yeah. Harry Callis is great. Anyway. um, Okay. So Major League is eight. What is is your next one, sir?
1: Moving on to my say. Now we're getting into the the nitty gritty here. Yeah. The nitty gritty. 7 and you mentioned the babe earlier. i mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to mention the babe because that movie stunk. But um yeah. I'll mention the movie with the actual babe in it and that's Pride of the Yankees. Oh, yeah, I never saw it. Is it is it great? Oh, really? Yeah.
2: Got to add that a, to
1: my list. It is a fun fictional um um fictionalized, if that's how you say, it. um, um depiction of lou gehrig's life Um, oh really and his you know his courtship and marriage to his wife and um how he gets into baseball um and they kind of turn his mom into a, a reluctant she's reluctant to let him get into baseball and he um but he's so good at it you know how could he not uh, and then she turns out to like baseball, so that's not really how it happened. Um, I, I've read that his mother was very supportive of his ball all through his Columbia days and his days with the Yankees. Yeah, um,
0: that's interesting.
1: But uh, you get um, Gary Cooper, who's you know one of our great actors uh, sure. at the height of his time. Who, if you put Gary Cooper and Lou Gehrig up next to each other, they look pretty darn close. Um, Yeah,
0: that's true. They do.
1: And uh, great character actor, Walter Brennan, plays his um, buddy and reporter. um, And uh, 1940s uh, Oscar winner in Screen Beauty, uh, Teresa Wright plays his wife. Um, And along the way, there's a few other yankee legends um joe mccarthy's in it i think the, the old manager uh, bill Dickey uh, and babe nice. ruth has a, a you know a pretty extensive um run in the film it's made i want to say 42 so it's made about a few years um before he we lose him to cancer Um, so he's done playing but he's on his way to being in bad shape Um, but you know you see the the charismatic you see Babe Ruth and it's that alone puts this movie in the list Um, and obviously then it turns sad um, as we all know what happened to Lou Gehrig Um, but it's fun poor guy it's a fun watch. Um, they turn his story into because he was a pretty, you know, dull guy. He just played baseball, got married, and you know. Yeah, he wasn't like remarkable with what he turned it into a fun little story. What's it called again? Pride of the Yankees. I've heard of
0: it. All want right, gonna check it out. That's a good that's a good entry to the list. And the fact that you like it says that it's probably probably pretty good. Mike Tingle knows the best things about film for anybody. I was talking to somebody about that the other day. Um, all right. So I'm going to move on with, uh, Fire my
1: number numbers. Seven. What's that? Fire your number seven down the old highway.
0: Okay. So seven, I had Moneyball. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, uh, it's not the most action-packed baseball movie, but it's a true story about the A's. And I thought when this came out, it was really a fresh take on a baseball movie. Um, it's got great actors in it, you know, Jonah Hill, Brad Pitt. And right. um, it was really interesting to show because they still talk about that season, how they kind of made it a numbers game, of what players they could get and what they can do. And, um, you know, I just thought it was a good, it's a good baseball movie and they use real players and real names and, you know, true story about the A's and the A's were once the Philadelphia athletics. So I kind of tend to to root for the A's a little
1: bit like in real life,
0: you know? Um, Yeah.
1: You know, I always had a soft spot for him too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not like a big fan, but
1: I like Fox, one of my all time favorite old time players. He had those, the cut sleeves and shit, you know?
0: Yeah. That's like, yeah, it's like historical. It's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, Moneyball is good. You've seen Moneyball, right?
1: Yeah, good um, answer. Yeah, that's it's a fun watch. They they conveniently leave out the awesome pitching staff they had that year. They do, don't they? Yeah. But yeah. uh But uh, a lot of people that detract from that film point that out. Um, they also did piece together and they show you how, in a very realistic way, unlike you know, watching something like draft day. Did you, if you if you watch the uh the Kevin, Kevin Costner, Costner. Draft day, um, yeah, that's
0: like his fourth baseball movie,
1: right? Oh, no, that was the one where he's the uh the NFL GM mm. and he makes You're all right. these ridiculous trades to. Right. Not pick number one, and then pick number one, and I, I don't even know. I, I lost track. But he was all over um, the place. It, it fails in doing what Moneyball did, which was show how yeah. they pieced together missing parts and got themselves uh, in a better position.
0: Right. Yeah. Hundred percent. And it and it worked too. Like the story worked. And right. Um, I felt like they did a good job too with showing like. OK, you have like this young kid that's like, hey, we're going to be like moving stuff around. And these old guys who were doing the same thing, like a Vince Scully for like 50 years were like, yeah, it's not really a good idea. It's not how things are done. Like, well, that's how they're being done now. They they weren't working before. Right. And they, they kind of show that animosity.
1: Right. And they're fighting with the manager um, played well by uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. I forget. I, f- I forget the name. I think it was Art Howell. Um I think so. So, yeah, good flick. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Um, What do you have
0: for your number seven?
1: Oh, my number six. My number seven was was part of the Yankees. Now number six. Um, We are going to stick with the older. This isn't an older film, but it's set in the earlier times of baseball. Um, A bit more on the serious side, uh, but that is eight men out
0: oh that's a good movie yeah, for yeah sure.
1: um i see to me baseball has that old time feeling like i just love looking at like old players cards and stuff oh like, me to, too 100 to see like what rogers hornsby was was hitting in like 1920 through 1924 whatever year it was like oh yeah numbers yeah. are outrageous um so you get the, the old-time mu- uh, music feel. Um, it's got a great cast, too. You got John Cusack and Michael Rooker. Um, Christopher David Lloyd. David
0: Stray Heron is in it. Um,
1: yeah. Uh, Nancy Christopher Travis. Christopher
0: Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd's in that,
1: right? Yeah, D.B. S-
0: Sweeney.
2: Yeah. Plays yeah,
1: it- uh, Shoeless Joe. Um Yep. And you see, you know, it's it's a shame what happened to those guys. Um, you but mm. it, it depicts it in a in a fun way. The baseball is fun, um, even though the movie is centered primarily on primarily on their, you know, what happens to them in their trial and stuff. You know, the baseball action is not left out. Um, right. And uh, oh, let's not forget John Mahoney, as the uh, the manager, Fraser's uh, father. Yeah. Uh, Gleason yeah great flick
0: also that that should probably should have made my list Um, what I like about those old or movies set about in the old days like this movie or 42 or anything like that is they show the old stadiums like the old cigar box like Ebbets Field or Scheib Park or you know like Crosley Field And Mm -hmm. I just feel like those old dead dead air dead air dead ball era stadiums from like the 1900s were just so cool. You know, it wasn't like the monstrosities you have today. They weren't built for cars. They were right. walking traffic. So you would see these old pictures and They had like the old post entrance with like one ticket booth and people would go in there with like their fedoras and like go watch a ball game. And they're, I don't know, something kind of magical about that. Something pretty yeah. cool
1: about that. There's no old stadium time. club boxes. Now to flip yeah. that though, my, my parents recently went to uh to Boston and, and did a game up in Fenway Park. Oh cool. It's yeah, it's something my father's been wanting to do for God his whole life, I guess. Yeah. And uh he couldn't stand it. Because <laughs> it was so old. Because it's so old, the seats are so tight and shit. Yeah. Um that yeah. like they're
0: not built for uh, comfort.
1: No, God forbid. I think he was like in the middle of the aisle too. Yeah. So Yeah. It, I don't it's, blame it's him. A far, it's a far cry from the stadiums, now. I mean, like Citizens Bank Park is like a paradise.
0: Oh, yeah. Citizens Bank Park, I always thought is what like a ballpark should look like. It looks like one of the older stadiums, but it's got all like new amenities. Like right. Peco Field or Peco Park in San Diego is just like that. Um that's, Peco Park's actually beautiful. I don't know if you've ever been, but no. they build it right downtown San Diego and downtown San Diego is like very small. It's not like a big city. So like you walk everywhere and there was old buildings there from like the 19 early 1900s that they built the stadium into. So there's like the Western metal supply company and they made that like the corporate offices, but they kept the facade and built the stadium around it. So it looks like it looks like the stadium was built in like the thirties or something. It's, it's really cool. But like, yeah, citizens bank. That's like what a ballpark should look like. It's I think it's beautiful. I really do. Dude,
1: we can get off topic a little bit now and talk about stadiums that we've been to because I think I can run them down. I haven't been to that many. Um,
2: oh, yeah. So let's probably, do
1: it. Yeah. When I was a kid, I obviously I've been to Veterans Stadium and Citizens Bank Park. Yeah. As a kid, I, I visited my uncle in California. I went to the Angels Stadium um, Back then, I think it was Municipal Park.
0: Yeah, it was where the Rams played, too. Yeah. I think.
1: Um, I've been to Camden Yards, and I've been to... um, I don't... What's it? PNC? The one in Pittsburgh. Oh, that's really nice looking, isn't it? Yeah, That's pretty um, nice. um, A few years back, I guess it was about... God, 20 years now ago, I, I saw uh, – I'll say this. I've been to Chavez Ravine, and uh, I enjoyed it. It was – the the, the corridors are a little weird. I'm sure you've been to Dodger Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a little tight. Right? The corridors are a little weird. But I had seats back of home plate, and I remember – I oh. guess it was an inner squad game. I think they were playing the – they were playing a team that um, Frank Thomas was on, either the A's or the White Sox, and he had a ball to out to center field, and it was one of the best looking oh home yeah. runs I've ever seen because you can see the from home plate you can see like into the hills yeah yeah and when, when he hit the ball it just kind of like escaped and you're looking at it, it was like man it's beautiful the, that scenery was better than the stadium itself. Oh, I agree. It's, in it's my beautiful.
0: Opinion. Yeah, Dodger Stadium a beautiful stadium. Uh, I think it's the third oldest right now behind Fenway and Wrigley, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. I like Dodger Stadium. I don't, I, it's a different experience going to Dodger Stadium than Citizens Bank Park. When I first moved to LA, I was like, oh, I'll go to a Dodgers-Phillies game. They happen to be playing. So I drove there, scalped a ticket, and I noticed like nobody was tailgating. So I was like just talking to some guy. I was like, there's no like tailgating. You're like, oh, you're not allowed to because of all the gangs. I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> fun. But at that game, I went by myself. I didn't wear a Philly shirt. I was like, I don't know this crowd. I'm glad I didn't because they're like, they're a little rowdy. But uh, I sat next to a guy from Lansdale, Pennsylvania, of all people, of all places. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, you're from because he had a Philly shirt. I was like, oh, you're are you from Philly? It's like, yeah, I'm from Lansdale. I was like, oh, shit, I'm from Doylestown. That's like, that's a coincidence. Um, but I, I just think, 202. What's that?
1: I said it's just a hop skip and a jump down 202. That's it. We'll go to Lowe's together and
0: five <laughs> points. But um, yeah. I've been to the same ones you have except for Pittsburgh. Uh, Veterans Stadium, of course. Citizens Bank, Dodger Stadium, Petco Park, uh, Philly spring training. I think it was like Joe Robbie Stadium, right over there. Um, Camden Yards, and I think that might be it. But, but they're they're good. Yeah, Citizens Bank. It's all you need. It's a good time. Um, my number six on the list is one that I just watched. You've spoken about it, and that's Bull Durham. Nice. It's a fun movie, not the greatest baseball movie of all time by a long shot. I don't know how you could watch this and also see 42 and think this is better. But uh, but it was fun. I really did enjoy it. Uh, you do have to suspend your belief a bit, like you said. But uh, I like Kevin Costner. I like Kevin Costner in baseball movies, and it had a nice 80s feel to it. Uh, so, yeah, Bull Durham is my number six,
1: I think. We're um- We're just going to kill two birds with one stone here because Bill Doran was my number five. Oh, really? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, Look, as much as I, you know, I wouldn't say I crapped on it. Like I said, I watch it every year. And honestly, if I didn't like it, by this point, I would have stopped having to watch it. I do watch it because I enjoy it. I just get really annoyed when people are like, Oh, Bull Durham is like the end-all be-all of baseball films. It's like, eh. Yeah. It's not, it's like To me, it's still more a love story than it is a movie about baseball.
0: Right. Yeah, I 100% can agree with that. It's like people that say Nirvana is the best band of all time. It's like, have you heard of the Beatles? You know, it's like, right. it's like, yeah, they're good. Like, they had some good songs. But how, like, no. Bull Durham's like the Nirvana of baseball movies. Like it's good. There's some good stuff going on, but it's not the best by by a long shot.
1: You can even give it credit for reinvigorating um, the the uh, the trend. I'm not sure which came out first, that or Major League, but I don't oh, yeah. think it's I don't think it's any it's I, I don't think it's just a coincidence that after Bull Durham, for the next five to seven years, they made a, a shit ton of baseball movies. Right. Um, You're right. It definitely has, even if you don't think it's the best baseball film ever, it definitely has its merits. The characters love the sport. Um, I think what might take you away, um, and maybe this is a credit to his acting, is Tim Robinson. Um, his character is kind of annoying. Um, yeah. And I guess that's his point. Um, Because, you know, why would a cool chick like Susan Sarandon's Annie, you know, choose him over, you know, Kevin Costner at the height of his game, you know? Yeah, he would you know. She wouldn't.
0: Yeah. That, right? that kind of irked me when I watched that is he's, he's not like this great picture pitcher. He, he has like a great attribute, but he. He's not, he doesn't like hone his craft, which is why he's in like the minors, I guess. And he's just kind of like full of himself. But like the scene outside where he like tries to break the glass bottle off his head or whatever, mm-hmm. um, he, like he misses that as a, by, by a long shot from like five feet away. It's like, you're supposed to be a pitcher? Like, come on, dude.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's got all those issues, but they bring, you know, not to, you know, spoiler alert, you know, they bring him up in the September call like they would never waste an option <laughs> bringing him up like that no no way how had then we're told he has you know movie exaggeration but he has what 18 strikeouts and 18 walks in the same game that's a lot of pitches
0: <laughs>
2: that's a and lot of on, pitches
1: later on that season he gets called up to the big leagues <laughs> you
0: know right if you had that many strikeouts you would have had to pitch the whole game and get at least one strikeout per inning Right, two at least two for some innings. It's just that's a lot of pitches,
1: but you know, I think the movie does get a lot right. Um, it's small town, you know, it's baseball, it's small town baseball. You go to a lot of these minor league cities, and you know, this is all they got. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, they build around it. Philadelphia, but Reading's also an hour and a half away from Philadelphia. You know, you may drive into to see a Phillies or an Eagles game, but basically you have the, uh, reading fight and fills and that's what you have.
0: Right. It's right there.
1: Especially in these Carolina leagues, like, Oh yeah. You, know, you got that's the girls, come, the girls that come into the clubhouse and all the guys, you know, know, And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, that point they get it right. And I like the, uh, you know, the announcer with the, with the little the the sound effect bat that he's got. Oh, he's oh, great! A lot, a lot of double, you,
0: know, you yeah, know. he's got the soundboard. He's great in that the soundboard yeah. and uh, the 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 sound effects.
1: Great entry, right? yeah. And you know, Kevin Costner again. I you know he gets these roles and. There's a reason for it. You know, he looks the part. He had a decent swing. And yeah, uh,
0: yeah he earns it. He, he does. You buy,
1: in, you buy into him. You like yeah, him. Yeah, for sure. Um,
0: yeah. So, Bull Durham, I think we're, we agree on that. Was your, that was your next one.
1: That was my number five. So, if you want to roll on your fifth. Okay. Uh,
0: my, my number five was 61. Oh, nice. Um, have you seen 61? I'm sure you have.
1: The only reason 61 hasn't made my list is I probably haven't seen it in damn near 20 years. Okay. I only, I've, I've only seen it when it first came out. So, but I yeah. remember enjoying it. And I, like I said, you know, I, I read books and stuff on Mickey, man. I've always been a, he's always been one of my favorite non Phillies. Um,
0: yeah.
2: So
1: I, I, I like 61. It was fun. Barry pepper. And
0: yeah, uh, yeah, it's a fun yeah. movie. They, they capture the nostalgia of the old days pretty well. Um, I just watched it recently, maybe in the last year. And it's still it's still a really good movie. There's only one scene that doesn't hold up. And it's really funny in retrospect. It's Barry Pepper sitting on the bed with like a wife beater on, like thinking about his career and what he's going to do. And he's smoking. And the music choice was just so cheesy. And it looks like the start of like a softcore porn video or something. He's just like smoking and it's like too long on him, like reflecting shirtless with a cigarette. I'm like, ah, it's a weird choice for like 2001 or whenever that came out. But, um, I think, it, yeah, I think it's a good movie. And I felt like, uh, you walk away appreciating it, you know, a little bit more. So,
1: right. Um, so um, that, that was my five. Yeah, what was I gonna say on the? You know, 61's funny. I'm I'm not entirely sure what year it came out, but I I feel it kind of flows into that whole. It was made because of the times, you know, because that we had yes. the McGuire Sosa thing that went on and the Barry Bonds thing, yeah, and you know maybe if you were I mean I, that was. um, I don't know if Billy Crystal directed it, but he was pretty much the he reason did. it was made. Right, he did direct it.
0: Yeah, it was made in 2001.
1: Okay. Right, 2001. So it was like the height of the whole steroid thing, and and there were you know people like. It, long story short, it wouldn't have been made now because it's not relevant. But at the time right. when all these records were being broken, you got this guy. You got this movie that comes out where the the Producers basically say, Well, you know, look what this guy had to go through to dethrone the almighty Ruth. You know, these, you know, right, all the love you're giving these people, like, and uh, it's funny how movies work that way, you know,
0: yeah, it is, it is, and you're, yeah, you're right. I don't think they would have made that now, but it was a product of the times. And it was really big when it came out. I think it was HBO or something, but I remember it was like, it was a big deal. Like, it got a lot of buzz. Right. Like, I remember my stepdad watched it and it was like, oh, you got to watch it. Like 61, it's great. And I was like a dumb kid. I knew Mickey Mantle and Joe DiMaggio, but I didn't understand like the scope of it all and what that 61 meant and all that. So like watching it, it kind of, you know, gave me a little bit of an education. I thought it was right, cool.
1: So um all right what is your next one sir um my four See, I struggle with three and four here because I like them both pretty evenly um my number four though I went with uh the little boy and me went with the sandlot nice nice yeah um you can't go wrong you know um a lot of good cat like small roles with uh you know, Karen Allen and Dennis Leary as the parents, and you know, obviously, James Earl Jones is great in it. Um, more talk about the babe, you know.
0: Yeah, I I have a question about the Sandlot that's going to rely on the tingle theory, theory Uh-oh. of movies thing. All right, I'm just going to say ahead of time, The Sandlot's my number one. Um, not necessarily it's the best baseball movie, but right. from as a kid, just nostalgia and. I just I love the movie. So yeah, so Sandlot's like my favorite baseball movie. But one thing that always bothered me is, okay. so James Earl Jones's character played with Babe Ruth, right? In the movie, he played Mm -hmm. ball with the Yankees. But in the 1920s, he wouldn't have done that because Jackie Robinson was the first African-American integrated in the league. It was the Negro Leagues in the 1920s. Right. So why would James Earl Jones be playing with Babe Ruth on the Yankees? He, he wouldn't. It, 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 that wouldn't have happened, unfortunately. Then did they ever explain that in the
1: movie? Was he a teammate or was he just kind of like, uh, remember, remember Babe Ruth had those pictures with uh, who was it? Um, cool Papa Bell or whatever. Um, who we obviously wouldn't have played with. Um, or Josh Gibson, one of those one of those old Negro leaguers. I, I, I don't remember.
0: I think you're right. I think I think he was Okay, so I'm looking at it. It looks like he was a friend of Babe Ruth. Not necessarily on the team. Okay. But the way they say it in the movie, like, oh, you played with Babe Ruth. They make it sound like he was a teammate.
1: Right. Oh, which George?
0: is awesome. I'm not Yeah. poking like holes in the movie. That, right. I'm sure the Producers and directors knew that, and that's why it's written that way. But I always wondered, like, well, who was he supposed to be? You know what I mean, right? So maybe he was just a friend. I don't know.
1: Well, probably good before he uh, lost his sight, he was probably a good player in his own right. Right, right. So and uh, you know, it's a shame that he didn't get to play with Babe Ruth. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure.
1: One of uh, one of baseball's problems. Which, um, from what I read, um, the debate lingered on a lot earlier um, than the the Jackie Robinson thing. You know, should have happened a while prior, but it didn't. Um, Yeah. Obviously, it should have never been an issue. But when things are an issue like that, you need someone to change it and um they didn't and i know they a few years ago they when they were going through a bunch of the cancel stuff they they threw um the first commissioner on uh kennesaw landis um, yeah they they kind of lambasted him but from what i read he actually was kind of um he, he was, would have been for integration. It just never happened. Oh, really? That's, I read something. I um, mean, it's good like business. That,
0: but- Aside from the right thing to do, it's like good business to have a bigger pool of players and things like that, obviously. Right. You wonder if a lot of those guys would have held the records they did in the 20s and 30s if it was integrated. You know, like how many untapped players were out there?
1: Right, yeah, you know, what, what would have changed,
0: right? But uh, Sandlot's a great entry on that, that's that's always a fun ride. Um, yeah, I never liked when it was in the theater, like I saw it, and I thought it was a good movie, but I think I really, once it came out in like VHS and on cable and stuff, like like later that year is when I really got into it because I, I remember watching it like all the time, but I think I only saw it in the theater like once and was just like, right. yeah, it was okay, but. Maybe, like, I didn't get it, but when it came out on, like, video, I think I was, like, all about it. My next one is, we're at number four.
1: Number four. Field of Dreams. Mm.
0: If you build it, he will come.
1: Man, we're, we're rolling along really nice here, because that was my number three. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's a great movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Another um, one with James Earl Jones. Another one with James Earl Jones, right? Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. If you had to make the all-star baseball team of actors, those two are definitely in it. Oh, yeah. Along, along with Dennis Haysbert, who we mentioned before, Mr. Baseball and yep. Major League. Yep,
0: absolutely. And uh, I don't know, Field of Dreams is cool, man. I've always wanted to go to that field, but it's like in the middle of nowhere you'd have to make like a special right. trip just there it's it's sad that it's not somewhere closer you know what i mean like you really have to go out of your way to get there
1: um it's like um the, the natural field in buffalo still uh still exist oh, really? Guess, like yeah like i guess buffalo is a little more of a town town than where that farm is in idaho um, yeah but uh, there's still not much around. I have no reason to go up to see just the base. If I if, if I went to my wife and like was like, hey, we're taking a four-day trip to Buffalo to go see a baseball field that they use for a movie. She laughed me and she laughed me out of the building.
0: Would it be happening? Right. <laughs> Don't you think Field of Dreams, though, is one of those movies that like, it's always good when you watch it. Like It's always... You know, there's not like a bad part in there. I feel like uh, it's always refreshing. It's nostalgic. And, you know, you're, it's I think like it's perfectly cast. And, you know, the sadness of the old players. And I don't know, it's just like a great movie, you know, often misquoted yeah. as if you build it, they will come. Right. You, know? you always see that in like spoofs and movies. It's like if you build it, they will come.
1: Like Another like book turned movie, which apparently, um, the big reveal in the movie is not a reveal in the book that he knows all oh. along that he's building the, the movie, that he's building the movie that he's building the film for his father, and, and which I find is weird, I, I think, yeah, like. like that is I, weird. I, I don't, you know, my friend told me that. It gave me no reason to read the book. I mean, it's.
0: That's cool. You read it at least, or you knew about that. Right. He warned me. He Warned you. <laughs> so. Field of Dreams. All right. So Field of Dreams is your number three. Yes. Okay. So I did a League of Their Own for three, which we've covered so we'll go back to what is your number two greatest number two
1: favorite? is um the major league. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I I just think um you're not gonna, speaking of sign of the times, you're not gonna get that type of movie again. No. Um, and if anything, it's gonna keep. <laughs> It's going to keep the Cleveland Indians uh, relevant until they re-edit the movie and it's the... (laughs) They just put the Guardians in. And and you know eventually they're going to do it. I hope not. Until that time, we can appreciate it for what it is. Um, And with the R rating, um, a lot of films weren't able to actually capture... What a team would actually be like right you know, totally right there's profanity, there's you know guys coming in from the penal league and you know guys sleeping with you know college girls in Tijuana and oh yeah, <laughs> like you know guys sleeping with other guys' wives like it's totally not yeah. your your typical um, your typical I will not call it not a feel-good baseball movie because it is a feel-good baseball movie um but for all it's for all the comedic talk and all like it gets a lot right about actual yeah. baseball
0: 100 percent, yeah they did a lot right and they kind of capture the uh the rawness uh and the, the realism of right you know life on the road and things like that which a lot of Other movies, most of them will just gloss over. They just make it like romantic and, you know, just the honor of the game and struggling and all that. But they don't show like, I mean, these guys are on the road 80, 90 days a year. Right. That's a rough sport to play too for, I mean, traveling and the the length of the season. I mean, you're ultimately out of pocket from February until end of September. At least, yeah, and I mean, to me, baseball is still like the scariest sport to play. I mean, if you think about it, having like ninety mile per hour f- baseballs being thrown at you, and I mean, there's a lot that can go wrong.
1: And these pitchers use them as weapons, like it's nobody's business.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like playing third base is like would be like the hardest position I think to play. Having those like balls fly at you, right, you know, all the time, like it's just insane. But uh yeah, major league is uh, a great entry,
1: yeah, that's probably the film I quote most of the baseball genre major league yeah, nice,
0: yeah, it's a classic. uh my number two is forty two nice uh, jackie robinson story i I just watched that again. I've probably seen that movie like twenty times i just I think it's a great movie and uh really makes you appreciate what Jackie Robinson went through and all the struggles that he was thrown at with the racism. And I mean, just a terrible, terrible time, uh, you know, but look what came out of it, you know? And um, yeah, I just, I just think, I just think they nailed it. They, they knocked that one out of the park. Yeah. Um, except for Branch Ricky, except for Harrison <laughs> Ford's character. You know? yeah. Well, I'm in the baseball business. <laughs>
1: We have to talk about Jackie.
0: I bet Jackie just wants to play ball, too. Philadelphia <laughs> means city of brotherly love. Um, but I do like the character. Uh, who was, the, was the character, the Dodgers manager that was fired for a year or suspended for sleeping with a married woman? Um, I forget yeah. his name, but he, uh, yeah. he's, in, he's giving the speech. He's like, because he's coming. And I don't care if you're black, yellow, white, or striped like a fucking zebra, he's coming. And so let this sit, let this go into your minds when your heads hit the pillow tonight. He's only the first. And he kind of, because remember all the Dodgers players were like against it. They were like doing petitions. Right. And he was kind of like, this is, this is happening. This is going on.
1: Um, and yeah, man, I don't know. Do you like 42? I do. Um. It didn't make my list because I, I haven't seen it enough. Yeah. Um, but I did just watch it recently. I mean, it's worth a watch just to see uh, the Chadwick. Um, yeah. May you yeah. rest in peace. Um, but, uh, and well, even if some of it may be exaggerated, some of it probably wasn't exaggerated. Yeah. Um, yeah it's good sure. to see. It, it's it's a better, <laughs> it, oddly enough, is a better telling of his story than the movie that actually featured him, if you ever saw the Jackie Robinson story,
0: uh, um, clips of it on YouTube.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess the, the the problem with it is he he wasn't a very good actor. And you like, don't, yeah, care. That's, that's what just, you hear. Yeah, I've heard you do because people. You, you get to see Jackie Robinson on film. Yeah, um, but it's not like seeing the Babe Babe Ruth in uh, Pride of the Yankees. He's not carrying the story. He just okay. doesn't have to get on there and be Babe Ruth. Um, you yes. know, Jackie Robinson's telling his own story, and it's just kind of—I've eh, heard it's that from funny. a few people that he's just not a good actor in there. And, right? You know, but well, forty-two. Because, I mean, you—you you got top talent, and <laughs> I mean, Harrison's a top talent, but you know, the Branch Ricky stuff, um, which. Honestly, like, thinking of it, though, Branch Ricky gets very little credit in this. He was the first... He Obviously, he didn't go through with Jackie Robinson. But he was the first one of... He was the first owner that was like, screw it, I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah, he's a pioneer in that regard. Right? If he doesn't, who knows when they do it?
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, he he deserves... Credit and more credit for, for what he did with that stuff. I mean, 100%. I bet Jackie just wants to play baseball too. I do like those old baseball manager, owner kind of guys. They're always like, always a cigar and like a suit, like Connie Mack and all that. You know, if you look in old, right. pictures. they don't look like baseball coaches. They look like stockbrokers. Right. You know, because it was a business to them and it was like the 40s and 50s and They were. It was. It's funny, you know. But what is your uh, what is your next one? So is this two or are we down to one? Was
1: that your? Did you? Oh, your two is forty two. My two is forty two. And we know your one was Sandlot. Sandlot. Um, this I'm curious about what your number
0: one is because this is whatever this is what everybody listening is waiting for. What is Mike Tingles' highest ranking baseball movie?
1: Oh. It's a coming. I just want to say one thing about the Sandlot. Oh, for sure. The July. And, you know, I've also I'm a huge Ray Charles fan. as you know, most 40 year old men in 2022 are.
0: Oh,
2: hell um, yeah. That,
1: the July 4th scene still gives me chills. It's,
0: oh, yeah. Goosebumps. Yeah. It gets you.
1: I mean. Ray is that American. The beautiful is as good as it gets. Yep. Still the best version of that fireworks. song. Yeah.
0: We, we uh, ha- I listen to that every, like, 4th of July. I usually listen to, like, patriotic songs. I have, like, a mix mm-hmm. playlist, and that's always at the top. You know, that gets you.
1: My number one Uh-oh. has been mentioned before, The Natural.
0: The Natural. There it is. Yeah. See? There if, it is. I need to rewatch um, it then, because it's been a long time. So, uh, Adventure number one, it's got to be
1: excellent it's see I, and you know it's funny they they just aired this on turner classic movies and both um ben manquist and ed mueller um were discussing it how uh, and, and I, I i love both those guys in, the, in their opinion but ed in particular was basically kind of poo-pooing the whole myth mythological and the, the corniness of it and all and, and to an extent, I get it, yeah, but to me, baseball is mythology. Um,
2: yeah, I,
1: I still think back when I was a kid, you know, it's all I wanted to. It was you know before there was before there was anyone or anything, there was baseball, my first love. Um, oh yeah, so you know, <clears throat> knocking the lights out, him hitting the cover off the ball. Um you know, striking the whammer out by the train tracks. Um, I mean, it What's all there just not kinda, to like? Right? You know I what mean, I mean? He's basically Superman in a <laughs> in a baseball uniform.
0: Yeah, and, um, and the sets too on there. Like you mentioned, the Buffalo Field still there and like the old the train mm-hmm. station and stuff like that. Like it's romantically shot, you know, it's it's a, it's a beautifully shot movie.
1: I think. And it's got the, um, a great score, oddly enough, by Randy Newman. You know,
0: I love the way that guy <laughs> did the natural.
1: Yeah. Right? All that, all those, uh, um, dramatic, like, do do, to do, do.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, the, really it has all the right like, He's the same guy who, you know, you got paid in me. You got
0: <laughs> You got me. <he. laughs> that is a great flick. That is a good one. I'm gonna watch that again this weekend. I'm gonna look for that in the, the damn Yankees one that you mentioned. I'm i
1: curious about this. Yeah, damn Yankees is fun. Not not as much baseball because of the move the, the um the music. Um but uh it's fun. Yeah. It's good. It's a, it's a good ride. Yeah, Yeah. Right, I, I kind of include because I wanted I want the whole spectrum. You know, I didn't include some of the other baseball musicals that kind of don't work in my opinion. Like you know, take me out to the ball game. And these these things don't age so well. You know? No, no, they get a little cringe worthy to watch. You have listened
0: to Tinkle Classic Movies Baseball Edition thank you for tuning in listeners you can download the show for free and stream everywhere on all platforms that podcast live michael tingle thank you again sir we'll see you next time
1: thanks man enjoy your night